Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Guys, I'm listening to the intro. Talk about 10 years and growing. We're really close to our 11th anniversary. I got to tell you, Miles, that you know this for a fact. The older we get, and you know the cliche, everybody, the faster the years fly. Is that true, Miles Bauer? That, that is indeed correct. Holy smokes, it's just incredible. It feels like we just had Brian put that, uh, the other Brian, put that intro together for us. And I'm, it's time to get him back on the phone again, I think. So anyhow, all right, listen, I'm, I'm looking at a big, long list of things that I want to I want to spend a little bit of time trying to get my head, and I'm going to have to have both of you help me. Um, I'm trying to get my head around the Biden EPA regulations with what they're doing with, frankly, with oil across the spectrum. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about the pump or, in, in this case, <laughs> the regulations they're advancing. So truckers, and this is not one trucker, truckers, argue EPA regulations will promote electric vehicles at expense of the American consumer. And so the trucking industry in total, but specifically the truckers that haul food, are saying this isn't going to work. You are going to have massive food shortages if you make it to the point where these trucks can't run in preference to vehicles that A, nobody can afford, and B, the system is not ready to service yet. So they're just saying they're not going to switch to electric? Well, I think some of them can. I think that's what it's saying to me. Have you seen the prices of the uh, of, of uh, an electric system that's capable of pulling semi-trailers? <laughs> Have you seen the prices of farming tractors, by the way, that are capable of being electric in the farm fields with? Folks, I'm just telling you, this I don't is... care what your view is, but this is Bat crazy. This is in line with Biden talking about electric tanks on the battlefield. Right. Literally. <laughs> Where are you going to charge these things at with a gas generator? But listen, they're worried about big things like whether I have a, uh, a gas stove or an electric stove. Oh, yeah. Your water heater not using too much or like natural gas too now. That's the next one. Well, they've got it. We've talked about it before. They've got a war against gas ranges in your kitchen yeah. because Lordy knows that if I make my whatever their screwball far leftist food is if i if i warm it on a gas that's going to destroy the 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 environment yeah but they're willing to risk the food chain that's the part that grabbed me is that they are so locked into this mantra that the price that we the folks will pay left and right by the way regular people the price that we pay will be an absolute bona fide outrage and there will be people hungry if they don't back off. I think what's ironic is in the United States, two of the three largest manufacturers of vehicles in the United States, not the world, Volkswagen's number one in the world. But, so, but the United States, Toyota and Ford, have both said, Toyota, we're not doing it. We're going to come up with a different hybrid system. And Ford said, we just lost $9 billion in this electric thing. We're done. Done. But listen, the folks don't want it. No, the market doesn't I, I want get, it. I get that they're going to use the unelected bureaucracy to ram through things. So if you want to move, and it goes to your point earlier, so if you want to actually physically move somewhere, you're going to do it or or too bad for you. But but folks, I'm telling you, I spent well over 30 years directly running dealerships. 
I'm telling you flatly, the citizens at large do not want this. I'm not saying that there aren't some being sold, because there are. But the reason they're being sold is because they are loaded with federal taxation that they stole from folks that don't want it to ram those prices down to get some folks. I've had far-right conservatives, by the way, say, yeah, I bought one, but it was just me getting my money back. They stole from me on it. Go, wait a minute. That's kind of some backwards thinking. Miles Bauer, what do you think? Is this, is this, is the, to me, I perceive the electric vehicle as it currently is presented as a stepping stone to whatever the next step is. How do you see it, Miles Bauer? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've clearly come after the culture in total because they want to reform it to say, well, you know, the way things were just didn't work out, even though they actually broke it. But going to your earlier point, history is replete. When a population goes hungry, everything goes sideways. You betcha. You, you betcha. In the Soviet Union, when you say those words, the very first image that came to mind was what took place to the regular citizens in Russia and some of the other countries that were tipped during that revolution in the first 25 or so years following that Soviet revolution. Folks, and, I'm, and by the way, everybody, I'm not tying this to a revolution, but it is absolutely an economic revolution, and it will impact folks. Forget the environmental disaster. Electric vehicles, as they're currently configured, are absolutely, outrageously environmentally destructive. They just are. And I think the problem with this debate is it's, it's you're either for or against oil, or you're for or against electric vehicles. Here's the reality. I'm not for or against either one. Right. Check I'm all the boxes. I'm all of it. Come up with as many ideas as you can. And when it's sustainable economically, environmentally, great. That's the idea. But right now, oil is the one that is the most economic and viable idea. Somehow, though, the topic of energy, I giggle at myself when I say it. Somehow the topic of energy has become a partisan weapon. Yeah. So if, if you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter whether you're highly intelligent and get the fact that having slaves dig lithium mines is not a good path. Child slaves. Child slaves. Very important point. Thank you. It doesn't matter that a large percentage of these are powered by coal and diesel fuel. Those things don't matter because it's become the mantra of the fringe left. So if you're a reasonable person, but you're a Democrat, yes, there are such a thing, folks. And if you're one of those people, you don't raise your hand because you'll get your own cancel going. You know, if you don't sign up with this stuff, you got to shut up and sit down, no matter whether you've got a D by your name or not. And by the way, that goes for the elected Democrats also. You know what might be worse? Not only do they shut up and sit down. They shut up and sit down as we stop cancel and canceling oil here, but yet make deals with Venezuela and Iran and Saudi Arabia, our enemies, to fill the gap in the oil production. Right. But that's different. That's okay. And, and listen, they're using 1950s and 60s technology in those third world countries. Way more pollutant? Yes, oh. that's the point. And then they're shipping refined gasoline to our shores because it's so expensive to deal with the federal uh, regulation to actually do refining here. Well, the last time I saw the math, there were 40 different. So uh, 
recipes for refinement. It's insane, folks. Well, when they do their production there, that doesn't affect climate change, only if it's within our shores? That's exactly right. I'm just curious how it's the works. same. It's the same as if you buy all your junk crap from China. Somehow that's better than if you buy the junk crap from a manufacturer in the United States because it's out of sight. You don't get to see it. Therefore, that that global impact is not part of it. Folks, it gets, it's like jumping down the, the rabbit hole. It's nutty. It Wait just, a minute, though, Mike. I yeah. thought the Wicked Witch of the North is going to start building EV batteries with the Chinese there in the great state of the Whitmer Correctional Facility. She is up in Macosta County. In fact, I just drove through Macosta County uh, this this week, and there are signs everywhere in Macosta County, Michigan, where folks are saying, get the Chinese, not Chinese people, Make sure you understand that. This is not a racist uh, circumstance. They want the communists out of their county. Get the CCP off our land. How do they get the production material to Macosta County to build the batteries? Uh, they materialize it like on Star Trek. Uh, think about this. It's, it's nutty. None <laughs> so of it makes sense. There with diesel? The only thing she sees is money, and she thinks she's going to provide some jobs. Oh, and she's seen a connect a relationship with the Chinese. And so too. what I'm watching is I'm watching a bunch of Chinese folks that are doing the marches where they're doing calisthenics. It looks like it's right out of the World War II era military folks. It's scary stuff. Listen, stay with us. We gotta go to a break, but we'll be right back. All right, guys, let's change gears. I'm reading, how often do I do this? I'm reading a CNN poll uh, from this week early on. Poll Biden faces negative job ratings and concerns about his age as he gears up for 2024. I laughed when I read it. I said, or as he gears to get up out of his chair. <laughs> a smaller share of the public than ever now says that Biden inspires confidence. So 28% of the public said, wow, he's inspirational. Uh, does he inspire you, Miles Bauer? No. You're not part of the 28% cheerleading crowd. No. Um, no, and you know what? We we actually talked about this. We did. Week, weeks back. They're, they're, they're going to come out with all these polls, and yep. they're going to they're, they're, they're try to say, if you say anything negative about Harris, you're a racist and a sexist, right? But um, we we even said several weeks ago, at the end of the day, the Democrats always circle the wagons. Right. They they absolutely do. I think that's accurate. What's at risk right now for them, though, is the, the independent middle. And right now, by the way, polling still says the independent middle leans Biden. Keeping in mind, folks, that the other side, it's not Trump yet versus Biden. It's still an open primary. I get that he's a massive leader in that primary, but it's still conflicted. And for the first time in history that I could find, CNN actually gave Trump a one-point edge on Biden. He never, They never did that in 16 or in 20. So polling is what it is. You and I entirely agree on that. But when you start to say... 
also say the party should nominate someone other than Biden. The party, not not independents, not everybody. People that identify as Democrats say 67%, that's a supermajority. Say somebody else, please. So the question becomes, do they ride that horse because they're stuck on it? Do they, do they have him withdraw after he wins, if they assume he's going to win, and that leaves them with Kamala? Wow, what a what an opportunity there. I, I think I join with a lot of folks that look at her and think, if there's anybody that's worse than Biden, they found it in her. That's not gender, folks. It's not race. It's just fact. If you look at what she does and what she says, she is woefully unqualified for that chair. She has greater negative percentages than uh, Biden does. But the problem is that we see over and over, Newsom and the Wicked Witch of the North don't do any better. Uh, well, this, but polling-wise with the Democrats, they do. They don't, I agree with you on independence. And obviously with, with center-right, uh, all, all the way to far right, they, they're terrible in that arena. But the Democrats themselves... I don't have a clue why. I don't, I have no answers. I don't understand. Folks, I literally intellectually do not understand how a Democrat can look at those two nitwits and say, yeah, they're wonderful. But the polls say, for whatever polls are worth, that they are very popular within that voting block. Lud, what do you think? And you're over there rolling your eyeballs. Well, I mean, I know in 2008, there were, in the middle, the people who voted for Reagan and Obama. That was McPain's year, right? Yeah. Those <laughs> people who, they're like, I'm, I'm independent. I voted for Reagan and Obama. And usually when you ask them why they voted for Obama, it's because they want to be part of history. Right. And I think that's what you'll find with Kamala, is that it's not the fact that she's awful, because we already would have had Hillary, too, possibly, or even Bernie Sanders, who but listen, I was think almost Hillary, a, should I have think been a candidate twice. Hillary is significantly smarter than Kamala. Oh, absolutely. Let's just, let's just get that absolutely. out on the table. But. It was about the historical factor, and that's where I think she gets the edge because people want to be part of history. I voted for I voted for the first woman, and they want to be able to tell their grandkids and their kids as they're sitting around a fire in the woods, evading whatever next tribal is trying to take take them down because we'll be done. Yeah, you know, listen. When I look at eighteen and twelve, or not, I'm sorry. When I look at 08 and twelve, so McPain and O Romney, the first thing I think of. Miles, you're going to roll your eyeballs at me, though. And actually, yep. you're going to agree. You might even applaud. But the first thing I think of when I look at those two candidates that we ran is Ronald Reagan talking about bold colors, not pale pastels. Mm -hmm. Because in both cases, we run milky toast, weak, terrible candidates. And went, wow, does that inspire you? And good people like Miles Bauer did not vote, at least in twelve. Miles, did you vote for McPain? Yeah, and the only reason why I did is that I liked Palin. <laughs> I like it. See, I think looking back, yep. McCain's got a worse rap than he did at that time because of some of the stances he took from that point moving forward. And even his campaign was awful. Like taking a break, like just pausing it because of the, the events that were going on at the time. And not letting Sarah Palin run, run, run a campaign. Not letting her be in there. Not attacking Obama on points because he didn't want to – had the racist card played at him. Yep. He was an awful candidate. I think McPain's uh, stature in the party and the country was much greater before that campaign. From that campaign forward, I think his stature and legacy was ruined. Which one? McPain? McPain. 
Romney's still riding whatever he's doing. The irony of Romney was, in my time, thing at the time was, you couldn't even get the nomination four years ago, and yep. that guy lost. So why are you getting it now? You think you're going to win now? But listen, if you look at the basics of Romney, for those folks that like him, and I don't find nobody listening to this show actually liked Romney. <laughs> but if you <laughs> did, email Mike. Let us know. Yeah, there's a good foot there. I like that. But listen, the guy ran as a Michigander, but he never held office or actually lived in Michigan. His parents did. Mm -hmm. And he was he was in Massachusetts, so he ran as a Massachusetts guy. And, and now... And now he's out west. A so Utah senator. This guy, if you look up Carpetbagger, there's a picture of O. Romney. And the other problem with him is he didn't fight back either, like the whole tax thing. He doesn't want to fight back. He's on their side. I, it's frustrating. This guy is center-left. My politest statement to describe him would be center-left. Yeah, I was not a fan of him. Miles, I didn't think he should have You think he's center-left, Miles, or do you think, what do you, how would you identify him, O. He's Romney. a... Establishment hack, never Trumper. But the That's media, true. the media made him because during that race, if you remember, if you look back, first of all, Newt Gingrich was leading. He was probably number one or two, and supposed to be the candidate. And he was the, originally the first one that fought back against the media. Right. Even before Trump and everything was, don't put us at each other's wits ends here because we're they're going to use that against us. And that started pulling him up to number one in the polls. And then they went after. Marital affairs See, and no. knocked him down. Then Herman Cain took over. Yep. And then they went to marital affairs, knocked him down. They made Romney the nominee because they, they knew they could beat him. That's exactly where I was going to go. That's exactly that. They made him because they knew he couldn't win. Because Cain and Gingrich would have destroyed Obama. And by the way, some would say that they made Trump in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And then realized that they really stepped on themselves. They messed up. And they're messing up again, in my view, mm -hmm. because they think all of their legal weaponization is destroying him. And if Miles was going to really want to talk about polling, it'd be the fact that he keeps going up, not down. He's actually out in front of Biden now. The more I, I think he's. I think this he's, last indictment made a made a big deal, and and I think it's going to well actually if we see Trump being the nominee and he when he wins, I think we'll see the biggest impact in the numbers in the African American community. Yep. Because they're the ones going. We know there's a two tier justice system. We've been telling you this. Right. And this man's going through it. We're supporting that because he yep. will try to fight against it. I, listen, I've watched a lot of clips of people on the street uh, saying exactly what you just said. A lot of black folks going, no, we love this. Not that they love what he's going through, but that it's demonstrating what they've been saying for two generations. Yeah, And it's not just black versus white. It's poor versus rich. Well, listen, I've said the judiciary is classist. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's racist or not. But I can tell you as a first-hand matter of fact, it's classist. Yeah. Absolutely Well, it's classist. not racist. Uh, how many years has Al Sharpton went into prison for his tax evasion? That's different. Because why? He's uh, black. He should go to prison, right? But he's a liberal. Oh, he's they rich. Like him. He's rich. He is rich because yeah. he, he stole all the money. Yeah. See, it's not about race. It's, it's definitely about money. Money. Yeah. So when he walks into court, everyone's going, wow, he's super rich. But then the question becomes, why don't they see it that way when they see Trump? Because Trump is trying to elevate all boats, not just the top one. 30 seconds, Miles. What's your opinion on this before we go to break? I think a lot of what we're witnessing here is what we talked about, what was it, seven years ago, when we said the parties are realigning. Right. This is not your father's Republican Party. That's not your father's Democrat Party. Right, listen, on that note, we've got to go to a break. We're Miles. We're going to pick up right there. We'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. First, let me let me get the housekeeping out of the way. We are broadcasting from our flagship station in beautiful Holland, Michigan, right on the shores of Lake Michigan, WHTC, 1450 AM, 99.7 FM. But listen, we are very blessed to have affiliates across a number of states. There are some top-shelf, wonderful radio stations. We genuinely appreciate you carrying us. But more than all of that, to our listeners, thank you very, very much. Please jump in and shoot me an email, mike at the mikehewittshow.com. Would love to hear your opinion. I get lots of emails. I read them all. I reply to every one of them. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, Miles Bauer, Ludwig, is... (laughs) How does COVID impact this coming election cycle, in your view? Because they're starting to tease with it now. We've touched on it recently, but I want to tie it to the conversation we were having before the break in terms of electability. Miles Bauer, is COVID, is this just a, a seasonal flash, or are they gearing up for more politics? I think in the blue states predominantly, which I think the Whitmer Correctional Facility is one of them. Oh, yes. Um, I think that they're they're attempting to pull off another 2020. I think so, too. So if they can scare folks, and somehow, and I don't understand the, and by the way, I'm not even excoriating people I differ with, um, and I mean that earnestly. Somehow, though, it, it seems like a, a larger segment of the left feels more secure. They feel safer when the government takes, uh, frankly, outside the constitutional uh, stretches to protect them. And I, I interpret it, protect them from themselves. And in fact, I would say that COVID in total as a topic, not even not even the nuts and the bolts and the, the politics of it per se, COVID in total, though, is a great snapshot of the difference in how left and right brains think. I see it very different than I've got progressive relatives. I talk with them. We can have a respectful conversation. We just simply passionately disagree. But the way they see it and the way I see it, different universes. Is that? Do you find that, guys? Is that true? Is this? Is, to me, it's a snapshot of the divide. Ludwig, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, COVID would have a major effect on the election again if people actually laid down to the mass mandates and the stay-at-home orders again. Well, they did it before. But I'm saying it's a big if because I even I don't care what side of that is. I think people are going, yeah, we're not doing this again. Two right. weeks to flatten the curve, my butt. Two years to find a cure end up being the goalpost, and we're not doing that again. Okay. This is a disease we're going to have. You know, somewhere on this list, you talk about uh, hospitalization spiking. You know what happens when flu season happens? What happens to hospitalizations? It spikes. It spikes. It's a virus. It's a virus we will have forever now because they've unleashed it. We are going to have to deal with it. Do vaccines become the, the way to fight it like the flu vaccine? That's a personal choice. I don't get the flu vaccine. I got it one time. I end up sicker than I could ever be. Had the flu more times that year than ever. Never doing it again. COVID vaccine, not doing it. I, I'll just, I, I probably had it in the last couple weeks. I don't know. My father-in-law's had it and a couple other people. I know they've had it. They're fine. Uh, listen, this week, one of my four daughters and two of her children had COVID. And her description of it is it was not 
quite as bad as a bad cold, but it was on par with a cold. Yeah, like a sinus infection almost. Yeah, said I said you lose your sense of smell like they talked about back during the COVID drama. She says maybe a little bit, but not like before. The variants have all been much lesser than yeah. the original strain. Miles, do you think it's a way of seeing the difference between left and right? Can I use it as a as a definition difference? Yeah, but I also think that there's a certain section of the population that are just all too willing to give up their rights in exchange for safety. But when that was kind of my point, you said it better when I first broached the topic. But And by the way, to both of you, I still see people on the highway driving down the road in a minivan with their mask on. Yeah, there's still I, the leftists who believe this isn't a left and right issue. This is kind of like oil. You're either for or against COVID. No, I'm for science. And the science says this is not a deadly virus. And that's exactly how I see the fuel debate, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I don't. It's one of those division topics, and there's no need to be a division topic here. Uh, it, it only because the left and right sees security differently. Yeah. No, let me ask you this then, guys. Because we, also, we also see the role of government very differently. If we could go back and we knew all the things that we put into security since 9-11... Would we do for the same thing again? Would we say we want to mandate the size of a bag in a stadium and it's got to be clear and you've got to have a metal detector everywhere and you've got to be x-rayed? All the things we've given up for freedom, for security since 9-11, if you asked us to go back to what it was before, would people choose the way before? Uh, listen, you, do you think we've actually you, won you, the war on terror? You guys both heard me text back when I was flying a bunch several years ago about, now i got to go get felt up and i got to take my shoes off. Yep. Why? Right. If we could rescind all that, I think the vast majority would rescind most of the things that have happened in place for safety over freedom since 9-11. I would agree with both of you. My only pushback, and you're going to tell me it's not related, but when I look at what the left did at midterms, because I would have thought, you did that to us, how could you ever possibly dream of winning a re-election? Oh, I agree. And they overwhelmingly won. Not a little. And we can't put that at Trump's door. We can't put it at anybody's door. But the fact that voters went and voted for personal protection. Please protect me. And in many cases, in my interpretation, please protect me from myself. Did that, we have a that's, how, in, that's how I... Do we have a ballot initiative in Michigan during midterms? Uh, yeah, we had it. Yes, we do. But ballot initiatives... They drive the vote out. They In Michigan, they do. Not in every state. No, but for Michigan, they did. That's why we no, have a no. Democrat House, Senate, and co co governor. Well, not because, because of it protection. changed the election process in yeah. Michigan. It wasn't about protection in this state. Now, Miles, in Illinois, your ballot initiatives are just suggestions, correct? Yes. And whereas in Michigan, they change, they can either change a law or they can actually change the state constitution. Same as in California and a couple other states. But I don't think, I, I, where I'll disagree with you on this is I don't think the midterms we lost because of Safety, we lost because we ran a lot of bad candidates. Dr. Emmett Oz was a TV doctor, thought he could win on name recognition. He won against a guy that doesn't know whether he's a foot or horseback. He lost to I'm, Fetterman. I'm sorry, lost. Yeah, he lost to Fetterman. He, that, what I meant was yeah, that yeah, Fetterman a, won and he doesn't yeah, know whether he's a foot or horseback. Awful candidate. Uh, we saw this across but, the state. But that shows. goes to Miles's point early on, Miles. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you said that they're going to drag the wagons around. You got a D by your name. We're going to vote for you. Even even if you could be a bowl of old old nasty cottage cheese, if you got a D by your name, you're getting our vote. Is that how yeah, that works, although, Miles Bauer? Although I I uh, do think the midterms were heavily influenced by the Dobbs decision, mm -hmm. and then 
I agree with that. Nuts on abortion. Yep, I I agree with that. There was a lot of things at play there, and everybody had their motive, whether it was the abortion, the bad candidates, some safety. But I really believe that when we look back at these things, we go, why are we doing this? Every time I walk into Michigan's Adventure, I have to go through a metal detector. Right. And I'm like, we won the war on terror. Yeah. Are they walking through these things? Because we are. Right. Listen, I've I've talked about that. All three of us have talked about that on the show. When Miles and I were younger, when we were Brian's age here, uh, we did a lot of flying back then. You walked out to the plane. I listen. I've picked him up. He's picked me up. Probably from the tarmac. We both have done business. We've done it, by the way, that way. Yeah. Met at at the bar down at the tarmac or there in the wing. All that's gone. And so I've said just what you've asked. Holy smokes, we think we won that war? We sort the, the Patriot Act and everything that got done to us, and we won? No, we didn't. No. We got our clocks cleaned. You know how many things have gotten through since then? Crazy stuff, <laughs> in my view. I flew with a lighter once. I had four stops. I had to go through security four times. They didn't find it until the final stop. Yeah. I don't smoke anymore, but when I was smoking, so I'm, I'm standing there by one of the, the checkouts, the guy can see there's a door, there's a smoking door. Uh, I go out. He watched me the entire time. And when I come back in, I had to go back through the frisking, feel me up, run me through the... Thought you saw me the entire time. I was 50 feet from you. Uh, it's tiring. Folks, stay with us. We will be right back. Mike Hewitt here. A headline from AP News reads, Berlin Wall Relic gets a second life on U.S.-Mexico border as Biden adds barriers. An inscription at the base of the ugly three-ton Cold War relic reads, May this be a lesson to build a society that knocks down walls and builds bridges. There certainly are lessons to be learned. East Germany built the Berlin Wall to keep people in. Mexico opposes our border wall because it wants to either shirk its responsibility to build a brighter future for its people, or it hopes to annex the United States with its continued massive population shift north. Just since Biden's inauguration, nearly 9 million illegal aliens have entered the United States. If they represented a single state, it'd be the 12th largest of our 50. Seriously, is Mexico surprised we oppose taking on their burden or allowing ourselves to be annexed? Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. I gotta tell you guys, I'm reading these articles this week. There's a bunch of them, but they're all back, 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 back behind all of the the stuff that they actually want you to read. And when I'm reading through it, first off, I got the immediate hypocrisy of the use of a slice of the Berlin wall by the Mexican government. But one of the things that caught me, and Miles, you are the resident Trump publican, so I'm going to go to you first. But when Trump was talking about building the wall, it was wall-to-wall media bashing for him to do that. Wall-to-wall bashing. And then Biden, of course, opened the borders. They've spent, they've spent gobs of money inviting people and giving them direction on how to get to the United States and take and take advantage of our social net. Those things are facts; they're not opinion. They did that. Now that we've, now they've reached the point where deep blue city mayors and state governors are saying, "Stop! We can't take anymore. 
Suddenly, what is Biden doing is he's going back to build Trump's walls, and the media is crickets on it. How does that work, Miles Bauer? Well, you know, I'm I'm not a big Abbott guy, but I do think between Abbott and DeSantis that that was brilliant the way they started moving migrants into some of these blue cities. Right. You got some in Chicago. Yep. And they got some out in Boston and they and they got a lot in New York. Um, and, and listen, folks, I, I in fact, most of the blue states, including Michigan, Miles Power, got themselves a fair share of these nine million people. And, and I pause and I can't get my head around the thinking. First off, to the Mexican government, you should be embarrassed. Um, what that wall represented in Berlin had absolutely nothing to do with freedom. And so when, when I pause and I look at what their point was, the lesson they wanted to talk about with building bridges, I said what I meant in that piece. They're purposely shepherding these people across the border that they don't want to sponsor themselves. They want them off of their financial net. They're going to send them north. That's a fact. And if it's wrong, by the way, then the only other arguable point can be for their motivation is that they want to annex the United States. In Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, I can go to one of the big box stores and there are people that do not speak English from Mexico and southern states below Mexico in every single aisle. I got nothing against them, by the way, except for you need to do it legally. That's the only thing, except for do it legally. And I guess this has turned into an old hat argument, but it's every bit as bona fide. So what's Mexico? Let me start with this, Miles Bauer. What's, what, is, what do you think Mexico's agenda is? What drove that rationale? Well, think about it. They don't have to stand those uh, people up. They don't have to worry about them trying to find jobs or take care of them. They don't need a safety net. So yeah. let me ask you guys a question. But if you find this very fearsome, when you think about the border and the people coming over, I think in the most Americans' minds, they would think it's Mexicans. And and, and honestly, I think that's probably less, 10% or less of the people actually coming over. I think it's the different times is different. And I'm not to stop you, but there are, it's a seasonal thing. Yeah. So there are times when it's El, El, El Salvadorian they're yes. from, from a number of different countries. The South America office. But Mexico majority. included in that. Mm -hmm. There, there are times when it's only Mexicans. But here's the. There are other times when it's only other states because they're doing a round robin on who's being sent. And I can understand how they can get here. It's a, it's a long walk, but they can get here. Yep. What I find fearsome is that I hear they got Chinese nationals, or they right. got Haitian nationals, or they right. got Somalian nationals. How do they get there? Uh, you can't walk to uh, Mexico from those countries. No, but they are. They can fly into a lot of those countries that do have no. They don't have their. That's. The they, bigger reason to have the wall. That that's listen. It's one of the many reasons. But listen, I don't dis, don't automatically dismiss the concept of annexation. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not at all. When I agree you, with you. When we talk about nine million just since he took office. Yes. That's that would be. I think the math was the twelfth largest state in the union. If those folks had their own state in the United States, mm -hmm. but that's just that number. If you look at what Democrats have encouraged over the last decade, it's it's probably in the 60 million range now. I'm going to watch. I'll get some nasty grams on this. Prove me wrong. 
If you don't agree with me, folks, I invite you to prove me wrong. The number is north of 50 million. But what I, and I agree with you, I believe there's an annexation here. There, I absolutely believe there's an invasion. It is an invasion. But, I've called it, a, I've called it, and it's nothing against the people themselves, but it's hard not to look at the numbers and say, that, my friends, is a foreign insurgency. If it was 9 million people that came over with uniforms on, we would be at war. If they had military uniforms on, we'd be at war because they have jeans and a flannel on. We're not. Keep it in mind, I've said all along, if it were me and my four daughters, somehow I would get us to the United States. I don't blame them, but the other part of my blame goes to the governments down there and think, why don't you invest yourself and get out of this fringe left kookery two-caste system that calls for one or two percent to be grossly rich and the rest of them to be destitute poor? Wake up. But can we look at the idea that we're having a foreign Cold War insurgency of actual national countries of enemies right. coming in? And we don't know the reason, but they could be cells being planted throughout the country. We don't I, know I, I the reason. The, I don't think there's any question that they are. What do you think, Miles Bauer? I was going to say the one thing that I find interesting, have you seen Biden's numbers with the Latino community? In the toilet. Not good. Yeah. I don't blame him. But we've talked about that before, Miles Bauer, on, on that particular point the fringe left that's in control of the party right now are anti-faith most of the folks that are crossing are catholic and yep. they're and they're not pro-abortion think about that they so yes they may be thrilled with the fact that the democrats have brought them here but once they're sitting here and they're taking part in our culture the fringe left that's in control of the democrat party does not represent their foundation beliefs. But are, are, I guess I'm not getting a clear answer. Aren't you guys worried about the foreign nationals coming here that aren't coming I, here because I'm they're being persecuted? And I get the El Salvadorian yeah. who's like, I either die here or I try to get there. There's a difference with that person. Listen, I can feel empathy for them. The Chinese nationals being sent here by the Chinese communist government, yep. I have no sympathy for my only, or listen, empathy. My only pushback on that, I wasn't avoiding it. I think the numbers are small. Here's the problem. I think they're bigger than what we're being told because we don't hear they, about it. They may be, but here's what here, and I got a worse circumstance to throw at you. While they're feeling up nuns at the TSA uh -huh. uh, uh, or old fat guys like me, they're doing that, but they're <laughs> these folks don't have to sneak across the border. They're flying in. Yes. They can fly into to Reagan International Airport and get felt up, and they're free to go do what they got to do. Well, they have a, I, they have have a passport that, for that, though. I, I get that, but that's who the governments of those countries that are our enemies But we're catching terror watchless people down on the border. But those are but those countries that are our enemies will, will send the folks that they want if that's their agenda. I think that's the agenda. They can get them through the border with minimal risk because as many uh, tens of thousands that are being processed each day there's equally that number getting through. I really wanted to save time for this. Can you kind of led me into it? But I, I think I've run out. My very final thing on the on the show prep list. Oh, it is final two minutes. Conspiracies. Flat Earth theory didn't go to the moon. Illuminati, Hollow Earth, 9/11 was an inside job. Rich people burned. Ma this is your favorite. Rich people burned Maui uh, to gain cheap property. I'm not that I'm necessarily putting what you're saying into this list, but it feels like it belongs on that list. It always is until it's true. <laughs> hey, you know what the number one conspiracy is, do, theory is? Is there a hollow world? Is this is the world hollow? And that's where the aliens. No, but there's come a, from? there's an area in Antarctica that has a big hole, and that's where all the elites live. 
Have you heard about that one? I, I heard. I thought Nazis lived there. Nope. This is where all the elites live, <laughs> and they play us like pawns because you can't actually go there. Third. <laughs> we got less than 30 seconds, Miles. You got to save us with some common sense. <laughs> all, all I can imagine is maybe Lud's little buddy talks to him. <laughs> hey, the biggest conspiracy theory is climate change. Let's let's all agree on that. I, we, that is a conspiracy theory. And they would say, yeah, but it was proven. Science is settled. All right, folks. Listen, please be safe. But thank you very, very much for joining us. We hope to see you next week. <laughs>